Terry Lynn here, Travis Marziani. Uh, we're on the Effective E-Commerce YouTube channel. We're live here with the Q&A. Uh, so here we got Travis, and we have a couple attendees, uh, Jason, Mark, and Trevor to be joining us, and anyone else that's watching live, thanks for tuning in. Uh, so today we're just going to kind of do a quick Q&A and kind of go through a few questions anyone has for us and uh, see how this goes. So uh, I have a first one. I'll go ahead and start off. Uh, but actually, before we start, do you want to say anything, Travis? Say hello or... Yeah, yeah. So first off, hello, but... Uh... Maybe more importantly, I have some big news. I'm going to be launching my first course. It's a it's going to be called the 25K e-commerce profit plan. It's going to be a complete step-by-step -step course for people that are starting an e-commerce business or have an e-commerce business that just isn't making as much money as they'd like. The release date is April 1st and I'm doing a pre-sale sale. Uh, it's going to only it's $97 for the next up until April 1st and what I'm going to do is like a bonus to help people try to try to get people to jump on in on the deal is the first 25 people that buy the course will get a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with me so it'll be a free 30-minute consultation so $97 includes the the course which is going to be 10 modules each one's going to be about an hour uh, complete step-by-step -step guide plus 30-minute consultation with me which I usually charge 150 an hour so $75 right there I'm really excited about this and I'll talk more about this later but yeah, that's that's my little plug. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the Q&A. So I have one from James from New York who didn't come. Uh, he was saying, can you give us an update on your handwritten notes to VIP customers and how is that working out? Any change in your process in the past few months? Yeah, so it's been working out really well. The I'm trying to think about changes in the process. The biggest thing is it's completely, I mean, it, I think it's been like this more or less from the beginning. We have two people that are doing it. We have one person that calls and then one person that writes the notes. It's all automated in the sense, well, I mean, they have to do it manually, but one of the things I started doing is at the end of each week, I have one of the girls send me an email and say, how many notes have been written in this week and how many calls were made? Because when I first implemented it, they weren't doing it. They kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot, we're supposed to do that. I'm like, yeah, that's. I told you that's a really big part of it. So. The big change, I guess, would be that I'm making people accountable for it. I have have it all automatically set in, so as soon as an order over $250 comes, it triggers it to be added to an Excel spreadsheet, or actually it's a, it's a Google Sheets, and they mark off when we send them a, a note, and then they mark off when we call them. So, I don't know, does that answer the question, Terry? Yeah, I guess, are these uh, girls working in the office for you doing this, or is it like a VA, or how's, like... Behind the scenes. Oh, it's girls working in the office. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, the handwritten, both of those things, it would be hard to have a VA do, I think. Um, yeah, but so the, both the girls are working in the office. One girl originally, and I'm not going to call out, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so it's fine. One le woman originally was running it, and she had, I think she had a lot going on, and she kind of forgot about it. So we put another girl in charge of it, and the girl that's in charge of it, it's basically, it's her job to get it done, but the, the first girl that was running it originally, she was really good on the phone, so we still have her doing the calling, but the other girl uh, is in charge of making sure that she does it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and just kind of a question for me, when you see a order that's over 250, like who flags it? Does the system, do you have some automated way that flags it, or do you manually go I, in? Yeah, like... I wrote a quick program, so it basically it takes the API from Volusion, and it, it I import all the data from Volusion saying, what orders have we had? And as soon as it's over $250, I wrote a, like a quick program that says, all right, it's over $250, put it in this uh, special sheet right here. Yeah, and the special sheet will trigger a notification. 
to someone like Google Sheets notification, right? No, I mean it doesn't trigger a notification. I just have it. She, the the girl that's in charge of it has a checklist, and every Wednesday, let's say, she has to go check the sheet, and it'll have a list down of all the people that have had orders over two hundred fifty dollars, and if she sees there's not a check next to it saying that we've called them, she needs to call them. Oh, gotcha. All right, cool. I guess that's mm -hmm. enough then. All right, so anyone, uh, Mark, uh, anyone else have a question you guys want to throw at him? Or at Terry. Yeah, or at me, I guess. <laughs> Jason, you just joined. Do you have any questions we can hope to answer? Yeah, I have actually, a question. I'm, I'm sorry. No, you can go ahead, Mark. I had a question for Terry. Yeah. Uh, so what is the status of baller leather today, and where are you going to take it tomorrow? Yeah, that's a good question. So I've actually been kind of hiding from it for a while, probably like for the past two months, just because. Bust open the door. Yeah, just because I realized like wallet isn't really what I'm passionate about, so I'm kind of in limbo for that, to be honest. So um, kind of just letting it sit in my head, still, I think. So. Were you were you able to generate, um, quote unquote, real revenue off of it? Was it a was it a revenue issue or was it a uh, uh, a passion de desire issue. No, I think I think it was a marketing issue too, just because the name isn't that good. So a lot of people were like, "Hey, can I get?" So a lot of people on Etsy were like, "Hey, can I get this wallet without the branding?" So oh, Etsy. yeah, basically. So. Well, I, Etsy's been pretty good for me though. Surprisingly. Oh, Terry, don't even get started. <laughs> yeah, You're so wind me up. So I don't know. I'll see about this. Like I might move on to something else, but I'm not entirely sure yet. It's kind of a tough decision. I gotta. Sit on too, All so. right, last question. Uh, do you still have inventory of baller leather products? Yes, that's what I'm trying to kind of get rid of uh, before I decide. Okay, the next so, too, may, so maybe offline uh, we, we can talk. Yeah, sure. All right, that'd be helpful. <laughs> okay, any questions for Travis? I think Jason, uh, you had one. Yeah, I had one. Um, and my question really is I, I know. Basically, you guys pretty much, I guess, have like established e-commerce websites. So, for someone who would just be launching their website, what would you say would should be the first thing you do if you want to sort of get that first sale or that second sale or you know, like the first five sales without necessarily making a profit off those sales, just to just get those sales for the purpose of being able to get them to review your product and give a testimonial of yeah, you know, I got the product and, you know, wow, it tasted great. It came packed right and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so just to make sure I understand the question, you already have a site uh, and you're you're happy with the site design at all. It looks all right because the first thing I'd recommend is make sure, you know, spend a, a week or two making sure your site looks okay. So for the purpose of this question, the site's fine, right? Well, the site's actually not live yet. It's not public yet. <laughs> What's stopping it to go public is really the the design. Is is I have um, specific uh, marketing graphics or like sliders that I want to be created that I'm still tr trying to figure out. You know what those sort of sliders should market, or or you know there's like two or three spots on the main page where uh, a graphic banner should be, and I'm just not sure what I should promote or put there. Uh, that would drive sales, um, since obviously the site would just be launching. My my target launch date is the first of this coming month. And okay. I've been working on the site for like three months now. 
it, it's funny because uh, me and Mark were kind of talking about this before the call. I think it sounds like a little bit of analysis paralysis. I'd say get something up and then iterate and change it. You know, it's kind of funny. I, my banner that I have up on B Dancewear is still the same crappy banner that I was. I was having the same problem as you, and I was like, oh, I, I want to have the perfect banner, and I just made one in Photoshop. Just really, it's a really bad banner. I'm actually in the process of trying to find someone to make a better one, and. So anyways, that same banner, I, last year, not to toot my own horn, but last year, BeatAnswer did $400,000 with a crappy banner. So it's not as important as you might think. To answer your other question about how to get your first reviews, there's two different possible things there. The first one might, might just be to ask friends and family and say like, hey, you know, can you, you want to try out this tea? I really think this would be good for you. Do the kind of the old school approach. Call up people that you think might be... You know, they might enjoy a certain tea and say, you know, if you enjoy that, would you mind leaving a review? That's the the old school answer. The new school answer is do really highly targeted AdWords ads or really highly targeted product listing ads. So, for instance, let's say you're selling a certain kind of oolong tea that's, um, you know, something that 10 people a month search for on Google. If you put an ad for that and you put enough of those really small ads, some people are going to buy it. I mean, if it's something that it's hard for people to find, if you just put an ad for green tea, you're going to lose a ton of money. But if it's, yeah. you know, red dragon oolong tea, people searching for that are not just window shopping. They're looking to buy. So those are kind of the two answers. I mean, does that kind of help things out? or? Yeah, no, that, that sort of helps things out. Yeah, there's some people that do, like, incentive reviews too. Like, I guess a lot of Amazon FBA guys are like, hey, we'll discount it 90% if you use this code, but you have to do a review for me. Uh, or you could do, like, you know, we'll give you a... $10 gift card if you take a photo of yourself with the product using it and leave a review. Kind of like, not you're not giving away things right away, but you're kind of incentivizing them to do a review um, in some ways too. So, And I will add, and this might not be the most ethical thing, it might be on in the gray zone, you can add reviews, I mean, if, as long as, I mean, you can add your own reviews. You can add fake reviews. Every Everybody does it. It's it's not a. I mean, it's not against the law. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so I, in fact, I recommend doing it, stoking some of the reviews, as long as you're selling good products. I mean, if you're selling crap and you're doing fake reviews, that's where it's the moral gray zone. But yeah, I mean, you can even do things like, hey, you leave a review. You know, every week we give away one product to someone that reviews it. So there's like a super low cost way to incentivize people too, if you do that. Do you mind if I add to that? Go yeah, for it, Mark. Um, two things. Travis taught me about the stoking re reviews, and I, I've done it. And it, at first, I thought it was sketchy. Today, I feel really good about it. Uh, no, 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 no big deal. Uh, and two, a just got windows on on our house, and just today, as I was driving, the woman called who, from the window company and said, "If you go onto Angie's list and leave us a really good review." We will send you a twenty-five dollar gift certificate. So that kind of more validation. It's. I will add. It's hard to get organic reviews, especially in the beginning. I mean, I've bought a lot of products I really like. I've probably left a review for one out of every hundred of them, just because you know I'm busy and stuff like that. So it's good giving incentives. Even with incentives, a lot of times I don't do it, but some people will. So incentives do work. You just think about it. Once you buy a product, you're happy with it. You don't care about reading reviews anymore. Right? You just kind of forget about it. You really only look at it in the shopping process. So that's probably why. 
Alrighty. Uh, any more questions, Trevor? Do you have a question for either of us or anyone here? Or you're muted, by the way, too. You unmute yourself. Yeah, my coffee shop. <laughs> Live from Starbucks. Uh, you know, I'm kind of uh, in the starting phase of my store, so it's I could have a lot of questions, but uh, we got time. Yeah, um, we actually we actually are just kind of starting over again because the niche we wanted to pursue isn't turning out to be very good. Um, but uh, we're going to start our site over again, so we're pretty excited about our, our current one. Um, <laughs> but it is drop shipping, so you know how that goes. It's kind of hard to uh, compete, so just trying to find good suppliers. Um, Travis, when you first started your store, you guys were cutting and sewing fabric when you first started, right? You didn't start under a drop ship model or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, we still do all our own production. So when we when we first started, it was my mom would do all the cutting, all the sewing, you know, the shipping. And as we grew, we started to hire employees. So now she doesn't do any of the actual production. We have someone that does cutting. We have someone that does sewing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think Travis' situation where his mom uh, had a lot of, you know, industry experience in this business, whereas, like, I guess for some of us who are getting into something new, it may not be as, you know, might not have like the knowledge to do certain things too. So, I'll add like as a counterpoint to that though. I mean, you look at a lot of the people. You can partner with people. You can find people that are industry experts. There is for every one entrepreneur, online marketer, there's ten people that wish they knew an online entrepreneur marketer. So if you know someone that you know sell that wants to sell something online. You could open the phone book and probably ask people like, "Hey, do you want to partner with me? Do you want to try to sell this item?" You know. Yeah, I think partnerships is a whole other issue, but you know, save that for another episode. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess my point is, I, I think a lot of people. I guess it shouldn't hold you back, right? That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and Terry, you did a pretty good job about outsourcing um, all your production. I mean, you found people to do it. Actually, that's a question I have for you. Basically. Can you talk a little bit about if I wanted to create a wallet overseas? Like, what's the process like? How did you? Obviously, condensed down a little bit, but how did you do that? Uh, well, one, I guess, first, it depends on the product you want to make. How complicated it is? Like, if you're trying to make electronics, like a Bluetooth, whatever ring that controls your lights in the house, like there's something different there, right? So, I think one, how complex your product is, and then two, uh, if you can find something on the market that's similar that you can show your supplier, because if you just talk about, hey, I want to make this without like a spec diagram, uh, either with like your exact measurements or your, with exactly the materials. Like it's a lot difficult to whereas like a picture, I think, can speak a thousand words. Uh, but but even than that, like I think probably looking back, the biggest issue is like, like do you have a good marketing strategy before you even make your product? I think that's probably like the biggest thing these days because like making something is fairly easy, like it's fairly straightforward generally speaking, compared to like getting the marketing down too. So I feel like the hard part these days is actually the marketing side of things too. Uh, but yeah, but basically, you know, you just go on Alibaba or ask people and then it's just kind of like a, you just gotta like, you know, throw stones in the water and see what comes back essentially too. And I think a lot of stuff if you're making, you know, prototyping samples, like you're easily looking at like a six month process if not longer, even for like a simple product just cause there's always a bunch of back and forth. There's holidays. There's revisions, things like that. So, which like, is kind of nice if someone joins dropshipping because, you know, you can get started a lot quicker. Whereas, like, if you're making your own stuff, you know, it takes like six months. I think uh, Andrew Udarian just started his own products, 
uh, an e-commerce fuel, and I think he's been doing this for like nine months, getting the samples made, well, if not almost a year. So uh, just FYI, it's not, it's not like a you know two-week thing to get started with. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think even before you figure out your marketing, you got to figure out is it a product that people actually want to buy. Uh, for instance, not to poke the tiger a little bit, but your the black turtle. Uh, you yeah. want to talk a little bit about that? I, we have some other questions too, but I, I kind of want to. Why do you think that didn't work? Uh, I guess I didn't do enough pre-launch marketing, I guess, and maybe it wasn't as good as it as it should have been. I guess the product wasn't that good, and you know, a lot of postmortem things I kind of just slept swept under the rug, I guess too. So, I don't. Know. Yeah, I think that uh, that's definitely part of it. Um, I was talking with Mark actually offline because you know I told him that I want to start. I'm going to start selling this e-commerce course and taking it a little bit more seriously, doing the consulting. And he asked me, he's like, "Are you sure this is going to work?" Which is a very valid question. I'm pretty confident, and the reason is I put in very little effort, and I've gotten 15 people to sign up for the masterminds. I've put in very little effort, and I've gotten around. 10 people that asked me to do one-on-one -on -one consulting. In fact, uh, about a year ago, I didn't want to do any consulting. I still had people asking me all the time, like, hey, can you show me how to set up AdWords or can you do this? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm 100% focused on B-Dancewear. So for me, doing the whole effective e-commerce thing wasn't a, oh, I think I can make this work and there's no rationale behind it. I tested the waters first. And the, the best way to test the waters is by getting people's money. I mean. Mark and Trevor both signed up for the masterminds, and it's not like I hard sold them. I'm like, hey, I have this group. If you're interested, I think it's a lot of value. Test it out. The first month, if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. And I've had a lot of people sign up. No one's asked. No, no one's quit it and said, no, this isn't worth the you know eighty dollars or hundred dollars or whatever it is a month. So yeah, and like something I guess I do over again is like. If I had a new product, I would like find 10 people first and then see what they say. And if they don't like it, something's probably wrong with my offer or my value proposition and then go back to the drawing board rather than like, you know, go make a bunch of stuff and then figure it out as you go along. Too, I, I think I will say, and this is something I don't hear a lot of people talking about, but I truly believe in. And it's, that's the old, like there's the native, you've heard about like the, the native American, like rain dance, right? And the reason that it works the reason that the Native American rain dance works is they keep dancing until it rains, and it's eventually going to rain. And that's where, like, I think there is something to be said about if you really believe in your idea, keep working on it. I see a lot of people quit too soon, and sometimes it's like, oh, you know, if you just would have worked on it for another month. I mean, B Dance, where the first three months we got zero sales, it probably, then even uh, from when I started to six months later, there was only a few sales. And if I would have just been like, well, nope, I throw up my hands, it's not going to work we would have lost, but I I believed in the product. So I think there is a, a balance there. I don't know, maybe you disagree, Terry. Actually, when did it actually start taking up? I never asked you this, like six months in or a year in? Uh, well, let's see, I started in February and then August is like, I think it was August was the first time that I really had that moment of this is gonna work. Keep in mind, I did, I think July, I wanna say July 1st, I left for South America to go backpacking. So I worked pretty much from February to July 1st on it really hard. Went down backpacking in South America. And about six weeks into that, like I think the SEO juices started to flow. Some of my AdWords started to get some traction. I had a day where I made, we did $500 in revenue. It was a Thursday. We did $500 of revenue. And I was stoked. I went out um, 
and you know, I was telling people like, oh, my business, it's it's gonna work. Then the next day we did $600 in revenue, and then the next day we did $500 in revenue. So I went from our best month being like $600 a month to doing three days in a row of right around five, $600. So that's, gotcha. it was it was a while. I mean, it was six months. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Already, uh, anyone have a question? Ryan, do you have a question or anyone else? Um, I was just wondering, when you go to uh, jump into AdWords, what's the first thing that you want to start with? Like, what do you start looking at? Because I haven't jumped into it. Mine's about to about to launch my website, but I don't know where to really just jump in and start looking at, except for maybe some informational videos and whatnot. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the first thing by far is figuring out what keywords you want to target. So I would write down a list of, as many as you can think of reasonably, of... What are the long tail keywords? And you know what long tail keywords are, right? No, right. Okay. I long don't. tail. So a, a short tail, or a short keyword, a regular keyword might be something. Let's. I'm just gonna use my examples. Dance shorts is just like a regular keyword. That would be a really bad one. A long tail keyword might be red cotton dance shorts. And you want to make a list of those long tail keywords that when people search in Google, they're ready to buy um, your product, whatever whatever product that is. You don't want people, for instance, if someone's searching for dance shorts, they might just be curious to see pictures of girls in dance shorts. They might be curious of what type of dance shorts are out there. But if someone's searching for red cotton dance shorts, they want a pair of red cotton dance shorts and they're ready to buy. So my suggestion would be to make a list of those. And then you can use the Google Keyword Planner. So for instance, maybe um, fold over dance shorts is one of the items that we sell. And I might say, okay, fold over dance shorts... Uh, is there anybody in Google that's interested in these? Oh, wait a minute. Google actually recommends the calling them high-waist dance shorts instead. Or maybe I do ads for both of them. So if I'm selling high-waist dance shorts, I might do one ad that's called red high-waist dance shorts, and then I might do another one that's called red fold-over dance shorts because those are both very similar. So it all really starts with your keywords. You want to have as good... Uh, of keywords as you can, like as ready that people when they search for those are as ready to buy as possible. I guess the gist so of it is key- that the shorter the keyword, the more broad it is. So if you're yeah. searching like Google, you're like, hey, how do I make, you know, my own dance shirt? That's like a really long keyword. It's very specific intent type of thing too, right? So like the more drilled down you can get, uh, the better it is. But the trick is that uh, broader keywords are usually more expensive to bid on. So you want to find a balance where that you know, like. You know your keywords, but you're not targeting every keyword because low because these really long tail keywords might have really low search volume because everyone types in things differently, like the order mm-hmm. of like how to things like that. So like, um, there's certain things where you don't want to get too specific, but you want to know like on a mid level, like what are the keywords that matter to your products and your store with the right intent, also, essentially. Okay, um, so the Google Keyword Planner that's inside of AdWords, I just haven't gone through it all, so I don't know. Yeah, you can get it through AdWords if you go up to Tools and then Keyword Planner or just Google Keyword Planner. It'll be the number one result. Okay. Yeah, there's some other tools people use. I think like Longtail Pro is a tool that a lot of other people use, um, but it's a paid tool. But you could just use the Keyword Planner uh, right now. The only, the only thing like Keyword Planner kind of sucks is that they group the keywords. Like they want you to just bid on AdWords. So the way it's structured, you got to sort through the keyword data a little bit to get the ones that you want to because they do it by keyword groups. and. You know, they give you like a suggested bid, and it's usually a lot higher than you probably should bid to. I noticed. Okay. Cool. Another thing I'd add is, so you want to look at the keyword planner, try to find uh, keywords that have a lot of uh, data behind them, in the sense of people are searching them for 
a decent amount. But what I would, well, that actually wasn't a very good explanation. Um, it's not necessarily that people are in the keyword planner are searching them a lot, because it'll show you the average search volume per month. It actually might be better to do smaller numbers. So if someone, if it's really long tail, for instance, where to buy red cotton dance shorts, there's probably only 10 people a month that are searching for that. Those are probably better keywords. But what I was going to say is put that into Google. See what kind of results come up. So for instance, let's say you're selling, let's just keep with the red cotton dance shorts. Maybe I put that in Google and I see that, oh, people are actually looking for a different style of dance shorts than what I offer. They're actually looking for belly dance shorts or something something weird. Then that's probably not a keyword I want to target. So put it into Google and make sure that your product makes sense with uh, the keywords that you're targeting. Okay. Can you look at, because um, I was looking at some of the competitors, and uh, I was looking at a website called like SEM Rush, and it was showing some of the like top ones that they ranked for. Is that something that that'd be good to 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 start working with? Anything that their competitors are using, or is that something that's going to be difficult to get into because they're already ranked pretty high for them? I think it's fine. You want to? I, I did I did the free trial of all those softwares. Don't I wouldn't pay for any of them. I think it's a waste. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the reason is because I looked at SEM Rush and a few of the other ones for my site, and they said that I was bidding on keywords that I'm not bidding on and like weird things. Also, you can find a lot of that data just by typing it in yourself. Uh, one thing I do is open up my browser in incognito mode because it gets rid of all the cookies and everything. Mm -hmm. Type in whatever keyword I want to target and look at what my competitors' ads are. So using SEM Rush, one benefit from it is seeing the ad copy. I stole from one of my competitors. They had something that said, dance shorts 30% off. And I'm like, oh, I like that. I'm, I'm going to add 30% off to all my ads. And I do recommend another thing in your ad copy, put numbers, put sale, put buzzwords like that. Because numbers really stick out. Um, dollar signs work really well. Symbols other than text. Because if someone's scanning and they see numbers or a dollar sign or symbols like that, like for instance, I do... 200 plus colors. I add the plus because it's a little bit different. So I do 200 plus colors, 30% off, and it really stands out. So use SEM Rush and tools like that to look at your competitors, but don't take it as gospel. Cool. Thank you. So we had a question that someone asked in the, the Q&A chat, and I'm just going to read this. I think uh, his name is Daniel Nasir. Daniel, let me know if I'm saying that wrong, but it says success through a .com e-commerce or a free domain Wix e-commerce. Bear in mind name, professionalism, and attractiveness. Now, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking here, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Maybe, Terry, I don't know if it makes more sense to you, but my guess is do, do we recommend like a .wix.com or something like that? And my question or my answer is absolutely not. It pay the you can get a GoDaddy domain name for 99 cents. So, I mean, if you can't afford a dollar for the year for a GoDaddy domain name, don't get into this business. It's it's just not worth it. Yeah, and like the I don't cheapest know. shopping cart, you can get it for like, I think, $9 on Squarespace a month, maybe 15 Like Most of them start at 25 to 30 bucks. So that's like, you know, the basic entry fee. Yeah, I, I highly recommend, once again, uh, Shopify, 30 bucks a month. It's another one of those things that if you cannot afford $30 a month, it's probably not worth getting an e-commerce. It's going to be a very uphill battle. If you want to do it cheaper, you could do WordPress and do WooCommerce and just to test the waters. But if you have any kind of capital, the $30 a month, it might sound a little scary at first. It's 100% worth it. 
Yeah, well, 30 is just the minimum because you got stuff like shipping tools and like other stuff to pay for, email tools, all that too. So, um, but the, yeah, the, but those, I mean, the 30 are, to get started though, yeah. I think. The other thing is too, like, if someone you want to share your store, like, you have a wix.store.com, like, no one's going to remember that. So, you want to have your own website essentially. And I, I would never take someone seriously. If they have a, yeah. a dot wix in their name, I'm just like, all right, you know, you're doing maybe $100 a month max or maybe even less. I, I think it's my grandma's store or something like that. Yeah. Get a real domain name. Yeah. Alrighty, so that's that. Uh, anyone else have a question? I have a follow-up one uh, in, in a little bit, kind of towards the paid ad stuff. No one has a question? What is everyone? I have a question. Yeah, there go, go ahead. Um, so my question is, um, although I have a my own uh, e-commerce website, is it worth it to also try to sell on Amazon, uh, on the Amazon platform, just because you know as they promote, they have all the traffic and whatnot. But then my thought is, so I'm going to be paying for that platform in addition to having my own website, and you know on Amazon, I won't be able to necessarily capture you know, as far as I know, all the data points that I would want about someone who's looking at a product. And um, I'm not sure, you know, how much my product would stand out on Amazon because, you know, my product is tea and there's literally probably a, a thousand or a million other providers of, of similar flavors and brands, um, you know. So is, is Amazon worth it to try to sell your product on there or just focus on driving traffic to your own site? I have my opinion, but Terry, you want to answer this one? Yeah, I know you tried Amazon before and it didn't really work out well because your stuff is made to order, right? I remember you talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so, I'm, so my wallets are on Amazon, but they're actually some more expensive than my store and they still sell a little bit, but uh, it's just nice to have an extra sales channel. Like you don't get the data, but you get all the shipping data and all that stuff too and you know, if you can get more money, hey, why not, right? So I, I agree with that. I'd, I'd yeah. echo that. I think, I mean, I'm big about e-commerce, but it's it's free money. If it's, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of work. I guess there's no such thing as free money. It, it is some work, but a lot of people are having more success on Amazon than they are with their own business. So maybe at first, focus on your own e-commerce business, but then it's an, it's an extra channel that you can get and if you're doing your own shipping especially, you can put little inserts in there and you can say, 20% off on your next order through my site. You're not supposed to do it if you're through if you ship through Amazon using FBA. You're not supposed to put those inserts, but I still get them all the time. I still get coupons if I go to their their website. So yes, 100%, it's worth it. Um, segment your time. I, I I make sure your e-commerce store is up and good before because if I mean if you try to do two things at once, it's just gonna be way too much. Yeah, I guess the good thing that, is that like. Amazon, Etsy, eBay, these things, you kind of set it once and you just let it sit there. I mean, you can optimize it, but a lot of the work is done once or twice and then uh, your listings and you just keep renewing it. And then every time an order comes in, you just ship it out, essentially. Too. So and if you yeah. use like, a tool like ShipStation, what I use, it pulls the orders for you. So uh, it does all the you know tracking number and then it uploads it back to the marketplace. So you really don't have to do much. So basically, you just collect money, essentially. Another thing I'll add is you might find that Amazon's way better for you than e-commerce. I had a guy, and um, he was in the same um, mastermind as me and Mark, and he his e-commerce store wasn't really doing well, but Amazon was just doing amazingly for him, so he focused all his energy over on Amazon. I mean, 
it's worth the test. That's a, another point I'd like to make is that as marketers, that's all we do is test, 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 and then some things will work and some things won't. So it might cost you a little bit, little bit of time and a little bit of money to test on Amazon, but maybe it'll be wildly successful for you. Yeah, like Does that whole, answer your question? In the whole oh, past year, that's where everyone's kind of been jumping on to the whole FBA train. Where like, but a lot of people are making like kind of gimmicky stuff. Like they take a blue cup, they change it to green, and then they private label it. And a lot of FBA guys are doing that. But um, generally speaking, it's kind of like the big trend now in the past like probably 12 months or so where everyone's doing FBA products and basically building a business off Amazon. But the risk is that, you know, if one day you get shut down or someone jumps in, you know, like Amazon owns the data, right? So there's not much you can do uh, from there too. So, yeah. Thanks. It's an, any okay. Okay. I just want to see if there's any follow-up. Ryan, I think you might still have had a question. Um, no, I forgot it now. But I was just, to, to chime in on that, I was looking in, um, I, I didn't want to do, Amazon at all, but I was just looking into my niche, which is selling rave clothing, and uh, there was only two people that were competing in the space, and one was my uh, my is the largest competitor, and the other is the the um, uh, the person that manufactures the actual um, clothing. So I was looking, I'm like, it, that would be an easy one, I, I think for me, because I feel like you got to build some SEO value in there. And whatnot, especially if you got like a, a whole bunch of people. But I feel like it wouldn't even be that hard to even compete with two people in the space. Yeah, I know someone that's doing rave clothing for girls. I think she does like 30k a month off Instagram, and because like a very visual type of clothing, right? Yeah, like all the colors and everything. Oh, really? Stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think her. What was this? I I look at her store name, but I'll send it to you later. It's pretty interesting. So she sells like tops and like pants for girls for like. Festivals. Yeah, stuff. that's what that's what I'm doing basically. I mean, a lot of it. I've seen some some people kind of do it a lot of uh, like know, handmade type stuff. But then, as far as like manufacturers, there's only a couple of manufacturers out there that really are just designated in the rave clothing. Yeah. Oh, one thing I want to add for Jason. Um, I was actually looking at tea on Amazon, and I don't know if you're going to be selling exactly the same stuff that's already there. But I remember I I, I wanted a loose leaf tea, and I wanted a very Something different from like just the standard. I ended up getting like a one-pound bag of green tea, and that's not what I wanted. I wanted more of like a higher quality, uh, a higher quality tea. And I didn't seem to see a lot of those. I'm not saying they don't exist, but maybe there's a certain type of tea that you can offer that's not there. And or my other thing is, just because there's competitors isn't necessarily a bad thing. That means that it works. You just got to figure out how you can do it better than them. And maybe it is. Better product images. Maybe it's uh, getting more reviews to your site. It could be a, or to your Amazon product listing. Uh, it could be a lot of different things. So, right. I have a question for um, just Terry and Travis. But first, I didn't know what rave clothing was, so I just googled <laughs> rave clothing. Um, it's very interesting. I'll probably have to look at it a little bit more later on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind it's of a like young kids type of thing, I guess. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's not what I saw. But it, I'm all good. I'm all yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> I, you were talking about Etsy, and you were uh, you were very um, bullish on on Etsy. Uh, the products that I make fit on Etsy very very well, but I get really pissed off at at. at um, I guess am I allowed to say pissed off, or am I going to get beat like some other? Uh, 
because I have my own store, and I've invested uh, a lot of time, energy, and money into it. I, I'm, I'm down on on Etsy. I look at Amazon as a different type of platform, more of like an enterprise platform, but maybe I, I should look at Etsy the same way. Um, have you used Etsy before for your leather products, or has anyone else used Etsy for, for products and their, their thoughts on the platform overall? Yeah, I use Etsy. Uh, I think the listing fee is only like 25 cents for three months, I think, or something like that, or like 20 weeks from that they so they so basically every time I sell something they take I think a 2% charge and you know I do free shipping on there and it's fine the only thing that realizes that a lot of women buy on there I guess is like a discovery mm-hmm. channel so uh, if you're selling like men's stuff it's probably not as you know because like everyone that's buying it from me on Etsy is like buying it as a gift for someone so it's kind of sure. interesting it's not like guys buying it for like, themselves so it's kind of interesting uh, and platform, are, I guess did you have to brand it differently on Etsy, something other than ball or leather, or were you no, able that's to what I'm using. the same uh, I think if you search ball or leather, I'll show up on Etsy, uh, basically, too. So, you know, like, so Etsy doesn't care that your that the brand on their platform is the same on your on your own branded uh, website? Yeah, isn't there, got, got isn't there a conflict there? Yeah, they haven't given me any issues there. Now, the only issue a friend had was uh, they wanted to make sure it was like made by someone, not... Because uh, I guess the original spirit of Etsy was that you're some guy in your garage making right. you know, a hand product, right? Whereas, like, uh, if you're kind of a mass seller of, like, North Pole, they wouldn't let you list it because you're not as boutique as it should be. So uh, I guess kind of, it's kind of like an in-between because the way I listen to Etsy is like, hey, I, I'm i the guy that, you know, quote, makes it even though it's part of my mm-hmm. shop. And I think they loosed the guidelines. I loosened it up, I think, last year. And there's some backlash where some people are saying, hey, these are just, you know, there is. There's things. a lot of backlash, as I understand it, on that yeah, platform. But, you know, that I haven't had any it's issues. not saying pure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the way I phrase it is like, hey, this is just, you know, it's a one-man store. You know, these are my walls I designed, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So no issues there. I think so other than a listing fee, did you have to kick up a, a commission or you know, some sort of percent of sales? Yeah, I think they take uh, 2% well? off the top of sales plus processing. So you, How much? You, 2%, I think. Uh, and like a, so, like if I sell a wallet oh, for thirty nine, okay. I end up getting I think thirty six. Oh, that's pretty 37, good. Thirty seven in my bank account, something like that. Yeah, so it's like two bucks per order. It's not that much, essentially. So, and, and the listing fee is like twenty five cents for like a quarter or something. It's like really cheap. So, did sense. you do better on Etsy or better with your own site? Uh, for the, during the holidays, I did better on Etsy surprisingly. And one thing they do is they do free product listing ads for you surprisingly. Uh, so they'll do Google Shopping ads for some of your products if you opt into that too uh, in certain times. Because they give you a traffic breakdown in Etsy and then you'll see like, oh, Google Shopping, you get some clicks here. Uh, and like internally, um, they have a discovery system too where like you get, I get about like 10 likes a day uh, to certain wallets and then maybe like two or three follows on the store. And what happens is you can send an update to your store. It's kind of like an internal email list on Etsy too that you can uh, alert people to on anything new. But you, you, um, are you able to get the buyers, the people who buy your products from Etsy, you're not able to get their yeah, email you, address? Uh, you get their example. email in the platform, but you have to manually import it somewhere else. Like you can't export it, but you can actually see like their Gmail address and their mailing address. Whereas like I think Amazon cloaks it, right? So, right. Yeah, right. Etsy, you actually see it too, which is kind of interesting. 
Okay, thanks. Yeah, no problem. All right, any more questions from anyone? Hey, Travis. Yeah. Um, hey, I was wondering, um, going into manufacturing, because you, you started B-Danceware, and you started manufacturing rather than reselling anything. So I was just wondering, what was your venture starting out into that, and like, where did you even begin? Because I was looking at it a little bit, and rather than reselling, you know, down the road, obviously, but what did you encounter? Like, I have no idea. Well, so it was, I mean, a little bit easier for me. It was a lot easier for me because the way that I got into this whole field was my mom had been making custom dance clothing, think like those $200 completely custom outfits, for 25 years. And she had this idea. She, people kept coming up to her saying, oh, I want a pair of light purple booty shorts. Will you do that for me? And she'd say, no, you know, that's not really what, we, what I do. Um, why don't you just go online and find it? And people would come back and say, no, you can't find it online. No one's doing this. So when I was quitting my job, I asked, I told everyone I want to start an e-commerce store, and she had this idea, and I really liked it. I did the keyword research, I did, uh, you know, my due diligence, making sure this would be a good niche, and we started. And as we started, she was 100% in charge of production and manufacturing. Maybe I should have her on the on the podcast. But I mean, <laughs> where where it started to get more challenging was when we started having to hire employees. But even then, we're also a little bit lucky because. We live in LA, and LA is a big hub for clothing manufacturing. So we found, and it, I mean, I assume any big city, you'll be able to find someone that knows how to do sewing, cutting, things like that. But we put a, an ad in, I think originally we put it in Craigslist, but then eventually we found a Spanish-speaking newspaper, which is way, way more expensive. It was $250 for three days, and we hired our first employee, and, you know, I probably... I shouldn't be saying this, but I'll go ahead and say it. It's like, you know, at first it's a little bit more under the table type thing. And then, yeah. I mean, just kidding, IRS, if you're listening, we never did that. <laughs> but then eventually you get to, you know, it's more friends. At first you hire friends. So the first process might even be hiring a friend to do shipping and packaging for you. And then eventually it's hiring that person to do cutting and then eventually sewing and so on and so on. And I think that's the typical way. In for most people getting into manufacturing, it's going to be you have some kind of skill if you're doing manufacturing yourself and slowly you outsource it. Um, Ryan, I assume you, if you're looking at doing rave clothing and you don't know how to do it, it's probably better to find a company that can do it for you. I've, I've talked to a lot of different companies that that's what they do. Being in LA, it's a little bit easier. There's a lot of different companies I found that I could go to them and say, I need this custom design. It's not custom, well, it's somewhat custom design. Can you do it for me? But it's expensive. Uh, it, it does get a little bit pricey. Okay. Yeah. And one thing yes. on the side to check out is, uh, I guess in the garment business, there's something called like a tech pack. Uh, there's certain templates out there you should look for. So basically, they're like spec sheets for like garments, like you know how the sewing should be done, how the sizes should be done, how the fabric should be cut. So like basically, they say that's useful for like giving to the factory, so that when you want something made, uh, they can quickly have instructions to the floor to be like, hey, this is how we want something made. If something's wrong with the process, we can always refer back to this tech sheet. On how to, and I'll link up to this later. There's a site with all these templates for like different garments that have this. Uh, this online somewhere I saw it. I think about a month ago, too. So, just FYI. Okay. Like, we're not gonna get yeah, more serious about it because if you just say, "Hey, I want to make this shirt in this color," it's kind of like, "Well, what blue do you mean? Like, what's what color specific blue?" So, basically, this yeah. tech pack is like the whole spec list of something you want to make, essentially, too. So. 
And it's just like a A4 size of paper with like, you know, it's like a fill in form, like a sketch thing to use, basically. Hmm. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Send that to me, please. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, someone has a question here. Uh, what do you think about p using people's reviews of a product that aren't even your customers because you just started? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think, uh, um, I think you were. So, the person's name, I think it's Um Hugh, is how you pronounce it. And let's, let's see, she just clarified, or he, they just clarified, uh, I mean, is I'm a reseller, and, I, okay. Okay, I, just to make it clear, what I mean is I'm a reseller, can I use a review? X product is reliable, I can include that on my product page, which sort, which sort of makes it seem like they bought it from me. I think that's totally fine. I, w <laughs> I would not worry about that at all. I, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest, when I first was starting my store, I went to... I took reviews from products that weren't even my products and just used them as to help flan, fan the flames. Um, but I think what you're doing is even more on the up and up. You're taking reviews on, of the product that you're selling just from a different seller's channel or website. So my answer is yes. Go ahead and do that. I don't know, Terry. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's fine because if someone's going to search for that product near a reseller, they're probably going to find that review somehow. So, like, you know, if you rephrase it a little bit and just say, hey, people that have bought this product have said, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're not really, you know, lying. It's just people that have bought the product, just not on your site before. I, I don't worry. As long as you're planning on giving good service, yeah. I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. I mean, if you're using it to, and you're going to, I don't know, con people out of money, that's messed up. But if you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to use the review to make, help seed people so that they'll actually purchase it and you're going to give them good, fast, reliable service, go for it. Hopefully that clears things up. Yeah, in the worst case, you just delete it, right? In the worst case, someone says, oh, I saw this review somewhere else. Well, you know, worry about that when that comes up, I think, too. All right. All righty. Uh, any more questions? We're almost at, what, a little over almost an hour here. I was just wondering what everyone else was using as far as the platform. Oh, I use BigCommerce. Travis, you're still on Volusion, right? I actually might move to I'm Shopify. I'm on Volusion. Soon, too. Yeah. You're moving to Shopify? I think I will be, yeah. So sorry, BigCommerce, if anyone there is listening. <laughs> I'm on Shopify right now, and honestly, like, I, I, this is my first time, and they made it. It's, I don't know. I think the site looks awesome so far and I've, I don't know that much so I think <laughs> I don't know I don't know that much but looking at it it's, it's pretty cool I like yeah. it so two years ago they still had that 2% off every sale thing uh, they removed that if you use Shopify payments now whereas like two years ago when I started they didn't have that so I was like oh, I'm not going to pay you 2% just because mm -hmm. it was like a tax on every sale you had right but uh, I think in the last year they really improved the platform and like there's their store designs like there's themes out of the box which is way better than any other platform out there, I think. And just like the back end, how easy it is to use, um, you know, compared to like BigCommerce or Evolution. Especially if you're starting out, it's like pretty much a no-brainer one, I think, now too. I'm, I, I, so funny enough, I'm in the, well, I'm in the process of starting a second shop. I'm gonna start, so the launch of the 25K e-commerce profit plan is April 1st, and then my goal is April 2nd, let's say, until, you know, maybe May 1st. I wanna work two hours a day on a new shop that's going to be yoga clothing and just to see just to go through the process again and see if I can do it uh, how or more importantly how far I can get two hours a day for 30 days uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a publicity stunt too like I'm hoping to leverage that to get on the Shopify blog or on um, 
other podcasts, but my goal is also to use it to promote the product. So, you know, I'm going to track my progress every day and map everything out. So I guess the moral of the story is if I were to start again, yes, I'd, I'd go with Shopify. I know Mark's on Volusion and Jason, what platform are you, you using? Um, I'm on Magento. Okay. That's a big boys platform. (laughs) Do you have your own developers or? I, I actually am a developer. My day Uh, job is, uh, Magento developer for a big company. Yeah. So Signer is, uh, I know they're changing their marketplace for extensions now, right? They're doing like a 70, 30 split and they're approving every extension. Now is that affecting you or? Yeah. Uh, ever since they sold, um, eBay no longer owns Magento. They sold to, uh, uh, another in- investment company bought bought them, uh, and as a result of that, they've changed uh, the percentage of um, it, like if you develop a, a plugin, uh, the platform now or the the new owners, so to speak, take a bigger percentage. And it's also they're trying to push everyone to become a, a certified. Um, quote-unquote certified developer uh, before you can uh, be approved to even have a plug-in on their platform. Yeah, I have a friend and of that course, the, that's yeah. thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, they're doing like the Apple App Store model essentially for their extensions. So it's a big, kind of big stick in the ass for the developers, I guess. Like I have a friend yeah. who's really pissed about this too. So because they're going to charge you a lot of money just to get certified and then take 30% of all your sales. And Exactly. Yeah, Alrighty then. Uh, any final questions before kind of guess we'll wrap up here? Almost an hour. Um, well, we didn't start until a little bit late, so it's yeah. not too bad. All right, so, so I have a little one that's a little technical. Um, so uh, my PLAs are stuck at one percent CTR. Uh, even as I raise the bids, the CTR doesn't seem to increase. Um, you know, how do I kind of get more clicks uh, or traffic to these sites or to these ads? So I think the the answer to that's a multi part it depends on a couple different factors I mean one of the things you could do is potentially increase or improve the SEO on page of the products I'm going to assume that the the on page SEO is good you could uh, change the title of the product so maybe maybe your title of your products like the let's say you're just selling a toaster for whatever reason and you have it like toaster model X Y Z R 3 maybe it'd be better to do something like red two slot toaster um, so that might be another thing because people will see the title of it and that'll kind of, one, Google will say, okay, red two-slot toaster, someone's searching for a red two-slot toaster, this product listing ad's a perfect match, but two people will see the name and they'll say, oh, that's that's really cool. Another thing you can do is increase or add a promotion um, and you can do this, I believe it's at the campaign level. You can say things like free shipping, 30% off and it's basically free text because it's right, it, what happens is it's the picture, and then it's the name of the product, the price, and then some people do this. Not everybody takes advantage of it. Underneath that, you can put in a promotion. I put free shipping for all mine. It's and like a gray banner, uh, gray text that shows up under the price. I remember right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's basically it's it's free, uh, a free spot for you to put stuff. But my my real question is, if you're trying to inc- uh, if you're trying to increase the CTR, what you're really trying to do is only show your product listing ad to the, the people that want to click on it. So what I would say is add more negative keywords. That, I mean, that's it always comes back with product listing ads, add more negative keywords. So maybe... So I, I mean, it's like a two-brown thing. It's like the targeting is off and probably the product feed needs to be fixed, right? Probably like a two-pronged approach. 
essentially. Yeah, I mean, the, the third prong would also be, if you can, I assume you probably don't have access to this, but if you can do better pictures, I mean, really, that's what people are clicking on, is if, if it's a good-looking picture, uh, that's amazing. Another thing that I do and I've talked about is I have different product listing ads for different things that people might be searching for. So I'd, it, I don't target, I don't care if someone's searching for dance pants, my product listing ad isn't geared towards that. My product listing ad's geared for red dance pants. And then it's a picture of a red dan uh, red pair of dance pants or whatever. So I have lots of, I, I take my one product and split it off so the different pictures are relevant. Um, if you have, you know, I'm trying to think of some other examples, like rave clothing, you can do the same kind of thing or uh, where it's like, oh, let me think about this, like, cute rave shorts, and you could do like a picture that's a little bit cuter, or this isn't a perfect example, or uh, neon green rave shorts, and make sure that that's specific to, that ad is specific, and that picture is specific, and the title specific, but negative keywords is the is the other answer. Yeah, I guess kind of a follow-up, so with your dance shorts, uh, how are they priced in the product listing at? Like, say, like, you sell yours for 15, like, in the market, is that pretty average, or is that more premium? Or? No, mine's more premium. Yeah. I think you can... I think if you were to search for it, you'd see a lot of stuff at like the ten dollar range. But I don't, I don't mind that. I think it stands out. If you're, if you're a serious, if if you're a mom and your little girls, you're spending five thousand dollars a year on your little girl. Uh, you're not gonna want the ten dollar dance shorts. You're gonna want the twenty twenty five dollar one. So I'd rather stick out. I mean, if I just was another product. Let's say all the products except for mine are ten dollars. You kind of blend in. I'd rather be that one that's like, oh, this one's twenty five. I wonder why. Gotcha. But have you found that if it's more expensive, it reflects your click-through rate, or it nothing? <laughs> oh, sorry, say that again. I, I just read Mark's comment. Oh. I, was... <laughs> uh, I was saying like if you have a premium product, um, yeah. when other everyone else is like maybe half your price, uh, do you think that would affect click-through rates or? I mean, it definitely could. I don't think it's necessarily a a bad thing per yeah. se. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely could. You know, it's, it's yeah. something you have to I, test, I guess, right? everything else is optimized and you're still getting low clicks. Maybe that is a factor, but you just can't tell right away because they don't tell you that. No one's clicking on your ads, because yours is too expensive, right? Like you just see yeah. the ads and then that's all you see. You don't really get much data on that too. True. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Uh, cute is not the word for rave shorts from what I saw, but I definitely want to see more. <laughs> well, let's, let's leave that anonymous. Let's leave that Remember anonymous. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, I'm, I'm gonna throw in. It sounds like we're wrapping up. If there's no more questions, I'm gonna throw in one more plug. You guys can go to effectiveecommerce.com. First 25 people to buy the 25k e-commerce profit plan. I'm gonna do a free one-on-one -on -one session, and on top of that, it's 30-day money-back guarantee. It launches April 1st, but the pre-sale price is at $97. Once it launches, it's going up to 147. So that's some, some other extra motivation. All right, guys. Uh, what, what 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 was that again, though? I, I'm sorry, because I didn't catch the first part of this. So oh yeah, yeah. So the the e-commerce <laughs> yeah, so the 25k e-commerce profit plan. It's the the course that I'm making. It's it's basically a step-by-step e-commerce course on like how to start an e-commerce store. And the goal, the point of it, is how to make an e-commerce store that's going to make you $25,000 a year in profit. And it's really all the stuff that I learned starting my business and I try to condense it down to it's about 10 hours uh, worth of lessons and so each module will focus on a specific topic like for instance the first module will be how to 
start your store, how to get the design up. Then the second one would be on-page SEO, like how to properly do all your on-page SEO, all the tricks and tips that I've learned. Third one would be, let's go back to your store design and really make sure it's optimized for conversions. Uh, a lot of people a lot of people want to make their site look pretty, but it's that's not what an e-commerce store is about. An e-commerce store is about conversions. So basically, it's a step-by-step -step course on how to actually make an e-commerce store that works. Video? Is it video or? Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's, it's all video. So someone just asked, so can I buy it, get a refund, and still get the one-on-one -on -one consulting? Uh, no. <laughs> I, it, I think once you get the one-on-one -on -one consulting, uh, maybe you get like a de discounted refund amount. I, I think that's only fair because that's my time. But um, So I'd still, re I'd still refund some of it, but I can't refund. If you can refund my time, then I'll refund the amount for the one-on-one the -on -one session. That's someone in the chat box, but yeah. All right, that's that's all. All my plugs for the day. Yeah, already guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you guys have any other questions, let us know via email. Uh, Terry at buildmyonlinestore.com. Travis at buildmyonlinestore.com. Uh, maybe we'll do this uh, next month too if there's a lot of uh, good feedback. So thanks for joining. Yeah.